A man is not finished when he is defeated. He is finished when he quits. Hello and welcome to episode 94 of Under the Cull of MS. Today we're going to start out with some Archie comics. Yeah. Archie, volume two, number eight. I bought this one because of cover, I got cover B. It's got Archie in a, a cartooned, a cartooned of the, a cartoon picture of the cartooned Archie. <laughs> Damn out on a guitar hanging, leaning against a big old speaker. But uh, Archie and Veronica have been hiding their relationship from Veronica's father, Hiram Lodge. But they can only fool him for so long. Meanwhile, Mr. Lodge has something big up his sleeve. He's planning on running for mayor of Riverdale. But it's unclear what exactly his intentions are for the small town. All that's certain now is that Archie's no longer vying for the acceptance of his girlfriend's father. He's doing everything he can to stay on the good side of someone who might just become the most powerful man in Riverdale. This is all right. Uh, I'm not hugely fond of this layout of Archie. It's taken a little bit to get used to. I, this is more of a little bit more serious than the Archie that I prefer. Uh, I like funner high school years and all that stuff. This just has more of a serious look at Archie. But you deal a lot with Archie's family and Veronica's fam- family in this one. And it's... It's the newer run, I believe, that's going around. I don't know. This could be. They could have started another one after this. They do so many of them. I mean, this was done in 2016, so there's a good possibility that they're on volume three now or volume four. Who knows? They keep remaking all these different things and different versions and all that instead of just jumping from different universes, timelines, all that stuff, whatever. It's the same story. Put it out there for us to read, and we get to decide what the hell's going on and where they're at and why things change so much. But, yeah. So along with this, I picked up Archie number 699, because this gives you where they're at just before the 700th issue. So it's like kept up, catch up on the best-selling best-selling Archie saga before issue number 700. As the Riverdale gang heads towards major changes in the pages of the monumental Archie number 700 next month, we follow Archie as he reflects back on past storylines including the lipstick incident, the hashtag lipstick incident, the arrival of the Lodge family, the machinations of the Blossom Twins, the near tragedy of Over the Edge, and more. The special issue 
sets the stage for the next month's landmark 700th issue of Archie by Nick Spencer and Marguerite Savage, uh, based on stories by Mark Wade and Ian Flynn, and featuring art by an assortment of Archie talents. This recap issue is the perfect primer for new readers and returning fans to the Archie universe. This is like the turtle one a while back that I talked about. I was hoping more comics would go ahead and do this and give you the recaps, get you caught up so you didn't have to read a thousand issues to catch up to where they're at. And once this one came out, it was 2018. So they put out quite a few issues within a couple of year period. The last one was number eight. And this is number 699. It's like in a couple of years, that's quite a few issues. I don't know if they're pumping out like one, a, one every couple of days or what's going on here. But and I'm also confused with how they tag these because Midtown tags it volume two. But when you open up the cover of this one, it says volume one. I don't know. I'm not sure how this all works. You would think they the volumes would work with what it says inside the cover, but I just go by whatever the stickers say and then check out the covers later. When I order stuff, I order it because of what I'm told from the companies, which I'm starting to think is wrong. But yet this lines up same artwork and all that as the issue eight. So, and you have those storyline that storyline going on in here, and you get to see the whole thing between Archie and Betty grew up and got together, and then how Blossom popped in the picture, and Cheryl Blossom is issues with Veronica, and how things went between Veronica and Cheryl Blossom. You had to find out about Archie's drag racing episode. It's just it's a really nice catch up on everything that's going on. And I hope, like I said, hope more companies keep doing this. But yeah, that's issue 699 to catch you up just before issue 700, which I have not got yet. But which I'll grab if I see a cover I like or something like that. Yeah, I'm not super into this story run. This is more based off pushing you towards like show and stuff. Getting y'all set up for that. And that's just too serious for me. I'm just I guess I'm just too much of a hippie. I want I like the fun. Fun things in life nowadays. I'm not when I was young young and dumb and then I cared about blowing shit up and all that didn't care about anything or anybody and just live that destructive lifestyle <laughs> then another confusing thing is like I got I bought Battlestar Galactica classic the cover is numbered double zero but then you look at the midtown tag and it's Battlestar Galactica Classic Number Zero, 
Then you look inside the cover, and it says Battlestar Galactica Classic Number One. It's like, well, which one is it? Why would you do a double zero on a number one issue cover? It's cover A, so it's not like it's a special cover or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, whatever. I just read them. That's why I quit trying to hunt down certain runs and all that, unless it's something I really, really want. But most of those are one, one and done runs, and not this stuff where they gotta constantly re, rewrite everything and redo it. But in this one, it's written by John Jackson Miller. Art's done by Daniel HDR. I don't know why he's got HDR for his last name, just initials or whatever. Uh, cover by Sean Shen. Commander Adama and the remnants of humanity discover a second fugitive. I got phone ringing like crazy again, but I'm not going to answer it. So hopefully the answering machine will pick it up. Okay. Commander Adama and the remnants of humanity discover a second fugitive fleet, fleeing a different mortal enemy. And the two armadas join forces, making common cause against the dressed, dreaded Cylons. And what would, and what would success mean for the quest for Earth? New York Times bestselling author and comics writer John Jackson Miller. Star Wars, Star Trek, Halo, joins Dynamite for a miniseries timed for Battlestar Galactus, Galactica's 40th anniversary year. Uh, it's 32 pages. It's the standard artwork, nice colored art. It's a nice start-up to the series. You get to see Starbuck getting the gang. Going after some Cylon vessels, and they find out that there's other people out in this um, section of the galaxy that they're uh, going through, and they have to cross through a part of the galaxy that's controlled by, um, I believe it's the Okate. And that causes a few issues. And they have to fight with them a little bit. And then they go get through there and find some other people in trouble and go to help them, which causes them to find some other uh, people that they're dealing with. And it takes them into an event that seems very interesting and catching. And I want to know more. So I will definitely, if I can figure out <laughs> what volumes or what they, these things are, I will go on with this run for a while. I was not a fan of the new Battlestar Galactica series and TV shows and all that. Not a big fan of those. I watched them. They were okay, but I like the old school stuff. But, but yeah, I had a couple... This week's been a lot of ups and downs again, same as last week. MS hugs are just jumping off the off the chart. The seizures 
area here and there this past couple of weeks again. Uh, lots of pain issues, lots of cognitive issues, a lot of, a lot of different things happen right now. And it starts to make you wonder if you're going through relapses and stuff, but, and so you gotta worry about things like that. I did a telephone interview with my one, with my regular, uh, primary care physician. And yesterday I had to go and take the shoe inserts in, which the cause that set a lot of my things off the past couple of weeks. A lot of my issues, I think, uh, because of the adjustment back and forth with it, my body just didn't know what the hell was going on. And then, uh, so I dropped those off and I'm waiting for them to get cut down and fixed. And then I'll go pick those up. I worked with my, neuro- I had an appointment with my neurologist, which was supposed to be a video appointment. Thought it was a follow up on other stuff, but it ended up that it was just a CPAP re regulation. I guess, well, it was a walk in appointment, but I tried to make it a video appointment. I had to get all that shit set up with CPAP people. So they sent all the pay, all the electronic printouts and stuff he can get now at his office. So I don't have to take all my crap into him. And I also considered dropping them and going to. The freighter neurologist, so I contacted them, and apparently she doesn't do my insurance yet. She's not on that, so I guess I couldn't have even gone to her once my last doctor at the West Bank Clinic left, so I would have had to find a new neurologist anyways, so I guess I'll stick with this one for now and see if he finally does start doing something different or start answering my freaking calls and or messages that I sent to him, which still makes no sense. I mean, I call the switchboard. I get some lady. She's like, instead of giving me an answering system that I can leave a message on, she wants me to tell her what I want to tell a doctor, and then she's going to relay the message. It's like, really? Have you ever heard about translation in life? It's never translated correctly. You can translate stuff and retranslate it back, and it's going to become something totally different. Dealing with our different types of MS, we got relapsing remitting, which is the most common, which almost everybody gets diagnosed with first. Form of multiple sclerosis characterized by the occurrence of symptoms, also called an episode exasperation or flare-up that lasts from 24 to 48 hours to a few weeks or months, but then generally subsides. Steroids are often used initially to tamp down the immune system and ease symptoms, and the person typically recovers completely until the next attack. Secondary progressive, this phase of MS is marked by worsening symptoms and a few, if any, periods of recovery, which I still truly believe that's where I'm at, because my symptoms do not go away, and the few that do will come back soon. And... I'll deal with them. Most of them are progressively getting worse. Then there's primary progressive, which only 10 to 15% of patients are diagnosed with this MS type, which causes neurological impairments from the outset that worsen over time without relapse or remission. 
In general, people with primary progressive MS may experience greater disability and require more help with everyday activities. And why I'm bringing the different types up again is because a lot of people have been asking about relapse and stuff like that on the websites. It's that time of year where our bodies, with the weather changing and everything that's going on, all the stress because of the holidays, the family arguments and all that can set off extra little things and people start to worry that they're having a relapse. And you got to try and figure out if you should go to the emergency room, just get a hold of your regular doctor or what, but definitely talk to your doctor. Let them know what's going on, your regular doctor or your neurologist or both I let all my doctors know stuff keep them all informed because sometimes it might be something to deal with something that you don't even expect so it could be that the cardiologist or the therapist or something like that needs can come up with an answer that your regular doctor or neurologist can't come up with you never know but a relapse, also known as an exasperation or attack, is defined as a new or worsening neurological symptom or symptoms persisting for at least 24 hours with no better explanation. With each MS relapse, there is always the potential that the person does not return to their previous baseline and therefore a new level of disability. One of the goals of treating multiple sclerosis with any of the available disease-modifying therapies is the prevention of relapses. The human immune system is incredibly complex. It is made up of both cells and chemical messengers, ketokines, that allow for communication between immune cells when working approximately, uh, when working appropriately, the immune system is highly regulated and has a balance between inflammatory and anti-inflammatory actions. The human central nervous system is selective about what immune cells can traffic in an area. The blood-brain barrier helps protect the human brain from potentially, damage, potentially damaging inflammatory cells, chemicals, and other substances. During an MS relapse, inflammatory cells from the human immune system cross the blood-brain barrier into the brain and spinal cord, resulting in damage to myelin and nerve fibers, axons. The blood-brain barrier is less effective in the person with multiple sclerosis at keeping these inflammatory cells out. So we have these relapses. Our brain just can't handle Signals bouncing all over the place because all the damage and stuff like that. During a relapse, Th1 and Th17 cells may be moving across the blood-brain barrier more easily, resulting in myelin axon damage. And we can actually see this leaky blood-brain barrier on MRIs, especially when they give us that wonderful radioactive-looking type diet that makes us glow in the dark that they inject into our veins during an MRI. If the blood-brain barrier is leaky, the diet crosses it. It results in MS lesions that enhance 
This enhancement typically lasts for four to six weeks and then resolves. And B cells can become plasma cells, which produce antibodies. Antibodies are crucial in protecting us from foreign invaders like bacteria, but can also be problematic in autoimmune diseases like MS. Macrophages are big eaters. Think of them as like a little Pac-Man gobbling up bacteria or other undesirable things in our bodies. Again, in the setting of an autoimmune disease, this normally helpful cell can be turned against healthy tissue, such as myelin, and then the little bastard takes away our protective myelin sheet from our central nervous system. Fortunately, the human immune system can eventually turn off the immune attack of an MS relapse. Many people recover naturally and completely from an MS relapse. Steroid treatment may speed up the recovery process. Unfortunately, some relapses are not associated with a complete recovery. It may lead to a new level of permanent disability. And with the steroids, you also got to watch it. A lot of these people that go in for multiple steroid uh, injections and stuff, they end up having other issues. So got to be careful with that. I myself. Only time I've had the steroids is just when I had my infusion. I have not gone into the hospital to get steroids outside of that. I usually just ride out my relapses if I have any and just suffer for up to a week or whatever. And just ride it out. <sighs> Lifestyle factors that we think are associated with a higher risk of relapse are things like stress, which many people with MS will experience a temporary increase in symptoms when they're stressed. Infections may be associated with pseudo relapses. These may walk and talk like a relapse, but are being driven by the underlying infection. Urinary tract infections and upper respiratory infections are the most common culprits, which you gotta definitely watch. This time of year, winter with the upper respiratory, if you live in a winter state. Tobacco smoking, several studies have shown that tobacco smoking may be associated with more severe and more frequent MS relapses. Vitamin D deficiency can cause relapses. Uh, don't, don't overdo it. Excessive vitamin D can be harmful to your health also. It's best to base vitamin D dosing on your blood levels. And I only get my blood test once a year, sometimes twice a year, but that's the only time I'd see it. But I, I right now, since it's the winter months, I'm up to, I think, 8,000 IUs of vitamin D a month or a week. Plus, I, every couple of weeks, I take 50, uh, one tablet that's a 50,000 IU tablet of vitamin D, that extra boost. But understanding relapses is crucial in MS. There's a lot going on with our complex immune system during an attack. Some people, things that they've learned during their MS relapses, they keep reminding yourself this is hell, but you can do it. Slow down, reduce the inflammation, and keep fighting the monster. Uh, relapse is like a speed bump on the road of life. 
it will slow you down, but you can't let it stop you. Never take good days for granted, accepting MS and adapting to it, finding out what a, what you're good for while dealing with this monster, uh, rest and hydration, cut out all processed sugars, inflammation, producing foods, uh, anything that causes you to feel like shit when you eat it. Uh, listen to your body and slow down when feeling those familiar symptoms. Stop pushing yourself, slow down, and rest until the numbness and tingling start to move out. If you're lucky enough to have that happen. Uh, the only substitute for rest and sleep is rest and sleep. <laughs> the body must rest, rest in order to recover. Sleep like we've talked. Previously, is very good for you. But yeah, there's tons of disease-modifying drugs out there. And sometimes a relapse can cause your neurologist to make you change your DMDs or DMTs, whatever you want, disease-modifying drugs or disease-modifying therapies, however you want to say it. Some of them we have, like the oral ones are... Cladribine, Mavenclad, which is one that I'm interested in trying in the future. Because you take a pill a few times the first year, and then you don't have to take anything the next year, which is weird. Dimethylfumarate, which is Tecfidera. Eroximal fumarate, which is Vumiridae. Uh, Fingolimod, which is Delenia. Xanamide, uh, which is Zaposia. Panamide, which is mazenta, uh, terafluonamide, <laughs> which is albagio. You got infusions like uh, alituzumide, which is latromida, uh, adalizumide, which is tisabri, and ocrelizumide, ocrevus. Yeah, infection injections like. Vladimir acetate, which is copaxone, Vladimir acetate, or glatopa, Inter interferon beta 1A, which is Avanox or Rebif, interferon beta 1B, which is beta seron or Xtavia, Ophatamamab, which is Casimpta, pegylated interferon beta 1A, which is Pled. Legerid. A few of these I actually haven't heard of. But yeah. So we gotta deal with all those different ones. But I do what we gotta do to keep this life going better. Uh that little quote in the beginning was I started the podcast off. That was just a little Richard Nixon quote. Tricky Dick. A little fun fact about that is back when he was in office as president, Sammy Davis Jr. came to the White House and he brought his gun to the White House. <laughs> he didn't get arrested. <laughs> uh, I do want to talk in the future, I want to do another concussion thing. Talking about that, but 
Last night I watched. It's been a good couple weeks because last weekend we had the Packer game and a bunch of the playoff games. For fun with football. And then last night I just was checking to see when the next hockey games were on ESPN Plus. And just as I turned it on, uh, fight night starting off with Michael Kesia, one of my favorite fighters that's still going. Out at Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. It's a Dana White was smart and bought an island to keep his keep the MMA going. But yeah, that was fun watching Michael Kesia fight again and a surprising one when the women's match uh Roxanne. Matafiri was fighting, which, and she still got a long ways to go, a lot of work to do to get where she needs to be, but I still enjoy watching her because she fights with heart no matter what. She's there for the long run to keep it up. Yeah. And they're talking about these new COVID injections that they're doing. And they're talking about who's next in the rollout plan. This is getting ridiculous. And I don't think they did it right to start with, in my opinion. Doctors and nurses should have got it right off the bat. And people like grocery workers, prison guards, not prisoners, uh, retail workers, then the elderly, then the people with pre-existing conditions, then the government. And it's like, I don't know why government was first. We can always replace them. But you guys take care. We're running out of time. Have a great day. Be good to each other. Talk to you soon.